Um, you have a you have a dog hair on you. You big dog guy. You big cat guy. That's, yeah. that's probably from me. Yeah, it's tracked it in. We were we were wrestling earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you can go ahead and, and open us up. Me? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll do. All right. Well, welcome to episode three. And here we are, Derek. Uh, this show format is going to be a touch different. We're going to be breaking down one of our uh, old projects or projects from the archive, as you will. Um, yeah. Kind of going through it telling some fun stories, some back backstories of how it came to be. Some of the trials, tribulations, fun things, bad things, things we had to overcome, et cetera. Yeah, and I would say this project was really our first large project, mm -hmm. I would say. It made us and, who we are today. Yes, and I, um, yeah, it's it's kind of like, you know, to some degree, for me, I know, feels a bit like macaroni art. <laughs> like, <laughs> like when I look back at it now. Like, do you like it? Like, uh you know, so there's there's a slight, you know, I, I, I feel like we've we've come a long way, but mm -hmm. it's still definitely we still get a lot of comments about it and yeah. compliments. And I think the bones and the not as know, many, off. not as many comments as my ice fishing video. Though. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> did you put a GoPro down there? Uh, yeah, but I think I think the authenticity of the spot still comes through. Um, and clearly it was good enough to eventually be turned into a national commercial. We talked about it, I think on last episode yeah. a bit, Episode two. um, but yeah, but yeah, we're just gonna be doing a breakdown, sharing some stories, challenges, creative solutions that, that we faced, um, sort of, you know, how it evolved into what it evolved into, because even the scope, like we changed the project scope mm -hmm. on it. And so, yeah, we're definitely excited to, um, you know, for you guys to see the spot, um, it was like I mentioned, really one of our first brand films. We had done other stuff prior, but sure. first brand film for a brand that had some weight. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, so this is called The Steel Way, yes. So and uh, yeah, the quick and dirty backstory is a client came to us, they wanted to have a factory updated tour video, kind of like how it's made. Um, again, we kind of touched on this in the last episode and more in depth, but you know, kind of start out with, hey, we just want to do a factory tour update. That way, anytime we bring people through the factory and they stop and they look at the TVs, it's like a an update of like what this section of the factory does and what that section of the factory does. And we said, cool, we can do that. And we basically took that project and took it upon ourselves to say, let's take a chance here. Let's put together a brand film, take a shot. If they hate it, cool, they can throw it right back. If not, if they love it, awesome. We also knew that we could always go back and do a factory tour video. So it's never like we just, you know, took the budget and ran and just kind of did what they didn't ask for. We knew that we were shooting for both. We could shoot and do the um, the ask that was there for the client, but also potentially deliver them a brand video that they wouldn't they would like. And fortunately enough, you know, long story long, they loved it. And uh, this ended up turning in from a internal factory tour video to a uh, national commercial that you know was on ESPN during Timber Sports, ESPN the Ocho, mm -hmm. ESPN the Ocho, and uh, uh, ran for for quite some time there. And so, uh, yeah, very very fun, exciting, a lot of sweat equity, a lot of a lot of things that we'll kind of dive into on the how we kind of made this thing happen. So yeah. yeah, well, let's take a look at the video and then we'll talk about it after. Cool. 
If you're listening to this on our audio podcast right now, we will provide a link to the Steelway project in the show notes for you to be able to check out. It'll help uh, as we're talking about and breaking down the project and talking about things. It'll help to have context to view the video. So that'll be in the show notes of this episode. And if you don't, you're still going to love it. (laughs) If you don't, if you don't still listen, please, please listen to the end. I promise it's beneficial. (laughs) Counts to our views. All right. Well, that was uh, the Steelway brand film. It was later cut down into a 60 and a 30. um, But that was the main one. Um, And yeah, it feels a bit of a time capsule Mm -hmm. watching that. A lot of memories come back from what was a very long shoot and a very long post-production process. Yeah, what do you think? How many days do you think that was? I always say 10 in my head, but it might have been more, honestly. And and that was like spread out over quite a, probably two months. Yeah. And then post-production was probably a good amount of time as well. Post-production was months, um, but I would say five days in the factory i remember and then i think five days five to seven days mm-hmm. um you know and again this is not including scouts and things like yeah, that yeah. like th- there was just a lot of like yeah like we're figuring this out as we go we always knew like we could pull it off like there was never there was never a doubt from that standpoint mm-hmm. But it was all still very like fresh, like, all right, we got to, you know, because at that time it was just it was just me and you, um, you know, I mean, this was, geez, 2015, so almost eight years ago mm-hmm. at this point. Um, yeah. And we knew that we needed to be like shooting and directing and handling producing at this time. We didn't have a producer mm-hmm. uh, that we had worked with yet, right. uh, you know, and we were producing most of the stuff. We knew like, hey, this is out of our wheel- wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. So we brought in a producer um, and then, yeah, like and just a locations producer. Yeah. Not even like a you're right. ground producer. It was just, hey, here's some contacts of, of a barn. Here's some contacts of yeah. this. I think we only used maybe one or two of the actual locations. The yeah, we, you're right. We, we, we did produce. Yeah, we, yeah, we just didn't have a producer on set other yeah. than us, right. which again, we would never do on a shoot this size. But even, again. even the producing was just the locations. Correct. Yeah, we communicated with all crew. We yeah. handled all billing, all, all, all of the producing stuff. Yeah, meals, I know. I'm... I'm yeah, I stand corrected. Yes, I stand corrected in the, in the flagship canon history <laughs> of of things. But this was, I mean, that makes a good point. Like this is the first time we probably had worked with like a a full full crew, like art director, talent, uh, G and E. Like we we certainly this was our, the first project of us mm-hmm. handling all that stuff. Mm-hmm. We've certainly been a part of other productions where another mm-hmm. agency was hiring an art director and and so on and so forth but this was definitely yeah, new territory a, for us we had been a part of projects of this scale but we had never done anything all under our umbrella mm-hmm. and being the ones responsible for yeah. executing and staffing and and making all yeah. those roles at, at this point yep. now we've done this sure. countless times mm-hmm. but um yeah so all of that was that that was where the hard part was because it's like yeah, it's it's you're you're figuring this out, and it's like, can I trust this producer? Can mm-hmm. I trust this production designer? Sure. Can I trust hair and makeup? Can mm-hmm. I trust like X, Y, and Z across the yeah, board? Yeah, I think a, I think a good point is like again, this is a very for for what we were making it in to be, it was a very shoestring budget for what the client was asking. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, yeah, but for what we were trying to make, it was it was a shoestring budget, and 
you know, nowadays, if we were going to try to do this and not pull a bunch of favors, which we'll get into, um, like we did on this project, it, it would have been triple or quadruple the, the, the price for sure, yes. um, budget wise. Um, but you know, that being said, all of our crew, all of our talent, um, one, it was a lot of other people similar to us, like still kind of just getting in the industry, trying to make a name for themselves on the come up, you know, our, our genie crew was like, you know, uh, just kind of getting in just similar, like out of film school, you know, like, yeah. um, a lot of our talent was friends and family. Yeah. And which is still something that we do to this day yeah. because it's, it's so great. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. Like, I mean, our lead, um, I would, I would say he's like the lead. He's like the yeah. hero of, mm -hmm. of, of the thing. We start with him and with him, mm -hmm. but Chris was just happened to be, um, you know, friends with the uh, person that we were leasing our office from yeah. at the time at the front. So we would always run into him. Mm -hmm. And I remember when when we were, uh, you know, kind of writing and, and putting together some of the beginning creative, we're like, I think I think Chris would look good. At mm -hmm. this he just has that like marble man yeah, kind of yeah. look. Mm -hmm. And he did. He did. And he killed yeah. it. And, yeah, yeah. and that's one thing, too, about friends and family is like oftentimes like, you know, the they're just so much easier to work with because they don't know. So mm -hmm. they're just trusting like, all right, they're going to tell me what to do or what not to do. So yeah, not yeah. overthinking it mm -hmm. versus sometimes on the, on a talent side, um, you know, if, if you're working with a talent agency and it's someone who's a little bit more green, like they're so much more like, what do I do? Where do I put my hands? Like, are mm -hmm. you telling me everything I need to do? Like mm -hmm. so much more in their own head sometimes mm -hmm. I, I, I've found. So, um, I think friends and family is, is great. And again, mm -hmm. we've now at this point, I've learned to work with all types of talent, mm -hmm. um, and to be able to hone and, and get what we need out of them. But, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of friends and family on this one. Our uh, art director we had never worked with before. Yeah. Um, I think this is the only project we ever worked with her because I think yeah. she then got out of the industry. Yeah, she was um, great, though. She was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I, I think, uh, yeah, like so Chris was friends and family. Lizanne was uh, friends and family. Um, I, I want to say Roderick was. He was hired. He was hired. Yeah. Um, and then obviously Agency. the talent that was in the yeah. factory was just talent that was just kind of yeah. working that particular day. So yeah. kind of friends and family, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, and then I, I would say <clears throat> the other thing to kind of point out is, you know, we pulled a lot of favors, like typically, you know, if anyone's not aware, like we would work within a 10 hour window for, for a production day, that would be 10 hours. You clock in and then 10 hours later, you're done, you know, or you go into overtime for for a lot of this stuff we wanted to shoot it early morning and then you know sunset you know and then into the night and so we actually had a number of days there where you know the whole crew was like hey we're we're cool to take like a five hour break in the middle of the day and so we were there at you know 4 30 or 5 a.m for mm -hmm. sunrise shot sunrise and then cool at about 10 a.m when things weren't looking that great and we couldn't shoot anything because all a lot of it exteriors we chilled, we went and grabbed like an extended lunch. People put up hammocks in the grip truck and we were kind of just hanging out. And, you know, then at about four o'clock, we were like, all right, cool. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and get ready for this, this, uh, you know, sunset shot and slash fire night. scene. Yeah, yeah. Slash night. And so, um, you know, people were very flexible in that. I think it's because we had a lot of buy-in from people that were like, Hey, we want to do something great. And, yeah. you know, we haven't been doing this a lot. We're trying to establish ourselves. And so, yeah. Fortunately, talent was was super accommodating to that. They were cool, you know, like um, and then on the location side of stuff. Yeah, like locations, again, was kind of like pulling some favors. The barn was uh, 
uh, a pr- or that producer had found the, yeah. the barn. We found out that there's actually horses there. And then the whole scene was kind of created out of that, right? On set. On set was like, hey, like could just- we use these horses? They're like, yeah, yeah. We're like, what could we use them for? Like, well, you could drag a log out of the woods with it. We're like, that's perfect. All right. Yeah. So that's kind of how that kind of came to be in that whole scene. And so um that that was interesting the the house with the swimming pool and you know the homeowner was uh one of the houses that my dad was in the process of selling he's a real estate agent and so it was like kind of like a new construction house that you know was in the process of you know being sold and so we kind of had a window or was like cool we can we can come in and utilize this house for a lot of these different scenes you know just put ferny pads down don't scratch the floors and clean up after yourselves and you're good to go and so we had a grilling scene we had a pool scene we had the uh you know trimmer scene in the backyard then we had like the girl waking up in the morning we had the you know kitchen scene with the groceries like a lot we got like four different scenes out of that you know particular location and that was a free location you know and so um yeah i think a lot of that stuff was again like you know very scrappy for this production yeah how did you guys get um all of the like product were they because you did you tell steel like hey we're gonna need some trimmers and stuff. so mm-hmm. as much as we had buy-in from from uh crew like matt mm-hmm. was saying i think we had uh someone that we had worked with and had sort of earned a right and just had established trust yeah. and she was and on the she, same she was awesome she, yeah she was really good so yeah. she, we had buy-in from her so she was just kind of like whatever you guys need to make this great yeah. let me know yeah um, and she kind of came up with the uh, initial bones of the yeah. concept you know yeah, she did um, and so we were just able to take that and then kind of like again kind of collaborate with her and and you know kind of build out and flesh that out yeah. to where it would actually be but the bones were there the the creative was there and then she wanted to do great stuff too she was highly creative and so that's also a benefit of like mm. working with someone who who is a true creative in their own right and then they they want to do something fantastic as well they don't want to do a factory update video although yeah. that's great and it has its place but they she desired to do something really creative yeah. and like do something awesome and so you yeah, know that's a, that's a massive like we would this project would be nowhere it'd be dead in the water without that kind of a buy-in so to answer your question it's kind of answering it with yeah our, our the, the point person who you know we were working with who worked at steel she she was fantastic and you know that's that's who kind of gave the lifeblood to this thing to make it happen. Yeah. So uh, a lot of the products and stuff like that were sourced, you know, through her kind of coordinating that stuff and some of those logistics. Mm-hmm. And then she was able to help on the knowledge base of like what you can and can't do with some of the products, you know, from a legal standpoint, from a safety standpoint, how it would be used. Would you use this trimmer in this scenario? No, it has to be on like on a hill. OK, let's go find a hill. Cool. There's one at steel going near this lake and so yeah you'd use a trimmer here instead of using a lawnmower because a lawnmower would be dangerous because it's on too steep of a grade so there's all these like little small nuanced things you know it's a steel truck and a steel trailer and you know and so we were able to kind of like then build that out and put you know, stuff on there and so there's there's just a lot of stuff and again that kind of all stems back from having a person your client having buy-in and being like hey i believe in this as well and so yeah let's take a chance and go for it you know so yeah. Yeah. So I think to, um, you know, sort of going back, so we kind of talked about the contractors and those people who are involved and, you know, how it was sort of possible to mm-hmm. pull it off. Um, but you had initially said, you know, Steel had reached out to us and said, hey, we want to update our factory video, mm-hmm. um, like our factory tour video. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we did have sort of like that, like, uh, 
you know, start of a concept of like, hey, can we make it a little bit more than this or make it more interesting? I think mm-hmm. and we were like, yeah, we can make this way more interesting. Um, so watching, looking back at the video now, I, I certainly feel like it's dated for us in mm. terms of what we would be able to pull off now. Like, I think we'd be able to, you know, uh, you know, uh, kill uh, a V2 of this and it would be mm. like really, really good. Um, but one thing that I do feel like really stands a test of time still is the story. And I think it's important to, to note that we kind of started there. And again, I was sort of DP directing. You were sort of DP directing. We were just sort of figuring things out mm. and going with our gut on a lot of stuff. But now sort of looking back, I can see the the beginning stages and I edited all of this too. So mm-hmm. I think that's like an important distinction. I was a lot more of an editor mind mm-hmm. back then than I was a director and certainly a DP. Yeah. And so I was just like, hey, here's what we need for the edit. Here's mm-hmm. what I know is going to make a great edit. Here's what I know I'm going to use and not use. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I was approaching it from that standpoint. Um, but from the story, um, we kind of like you mentioned, there's all these nuances of how you can use the product. But I think we wanted to really highlight like, OK, so we want to humanize steel as a brand. Um, how do we do that? We kind of came up with like, OK, like this is the steel way, mm-hmm. right? Like that, like, you know, the the ethos that mm-hmm. someone 100 years. Yes. You know, yeah. Invented uh, the, the chainsaw, heritage yeah. of it and the ethos that anyone who, you know, is, works at steel is a professional, you know, mm-hmm. in, in that environment, is a homeowner in that environment. Mm-hmm. Like every single person, you know, the dealer, mm-hmm. the the, uh, you know, warehouse, um, yeah. you know, people, the people who are making the chainsaws mm-hmm. um, and the and the products like everyone like. I feel like that was sort of our, our true North, right? Like was how do we make all these people the hero, mm-hmm. uh, in this journey that we're going to take them on in this video. Um, and that steel is sort of the guide yeah. throughout. And steel, sort of is true not, North. steel is not the hero, right? They're the trusted guide getting these people, these heroes to their desired results. Yeah. You know? So I think when we, when we put that, you know, sort of as like our, our, our marker and true North, that's how we sort of like fit in the story um you know of like all right uh we're gonna have uh you know a you know farmer mm-hmm. we're gonna have a homeowner we're gonna have a dealer we're gonna have uh you know the servicing aspect mm-hmm. of the dealer which actually i'm now remembering was sort of we chased that the when mechanic we, when we got there yeah the mechanic yeah. um we are gonna have landscaper uh, landscaper um, and then we're going to have, you know, the actual like people making, yeah. making the product yeah. and how, how do all of their paths yeah. sort of cross and that, that I feel like still does come across. Yeah. And then another thing that you are always like really good about and still good about, um, that all sort of get lost in the weeds sometimes is like the payoff and like there, there has to be, it can't just be, Hey, they're using the equipment. It's like, there's gotta be a reason they're using the equipment. There's gotta be some sort of like payoff that this guide solves and helps the hero on their journey Mm -hmm. you know so for the farmer you know it it can't just be him using the equipment that's the money shot right Mm -hmm. of him like you know and you have the you know sawdust and Mm -hmm. and wood chips and stuff flying back okay but like why right why so maybe talk about like in your thinking why the payoff is so important not just in this video but just in general Mm -hmm. um as we approach content 
um, you know, be it a commercial, be it a product, be it a brand video. Yeah. Uh, why, why is that important in the story? Yeah. Well, I think taking this one specifically that the reason why the payoff is, is so important is because if there isn't a payoff, then what's the point of the hero's journey? You know, and I think that's what it comes back to. There has to be a desired outcome that this hero is is even there's even a story for this. You know, you take Star Wars, for instance, and it's like, well, well why is Luke wanting to become a Jedi? What's at stake? What's the stake? What what what's what could happen and what couldn't what's the desired result? Well, you know, what could happen is, you know, the evil guys could take over the whole galaxy. You know, OK, well, that's why he needs to become a Jedi. And so there's stakes, there's, there's things that are at play here. And so if there's out, if there's not a payoff, then there's no purpose to the actual story. And so taking that back to like, all right, well, let's, let's figure out what the payoff would be for a homeowner. What would be the payoff for an employee at steel for a dealer, et cetera, et cetera. And there's some unique things with that, that, you know, uh, play into that, you know, like one of the uniques with steel as a brand. And this is something that like, if you are working with a brand or, or an agency, like, you know, finding out what the unique things are about that company and then also figuring out how to weave those in. So if it's steel, you know, you won't ever find them in a Home Depot and a Lowe's and a big box store. That's because their entire sales model is based upon servicing dealers. And that's a huge deal and not deal. And like people wouldn't really kind of maybe put two and two together. But if you think about it, like the only time you see steel products is at small or mid-sized servicing dealers, like a tail it do yourself center, an Ace Hardware, uh, you know, a, a Landing Coats, some places where they specialize in that stuff. And it's because part of uh, Steel's product and, and a part of their, um, you know, outlook on stuff is you, you need to be able to take it in and, and be able to have someone service it and know what they're talking about, not just buy something at a big box store and then when it breaks, there's no parts, there's no, you gotta fix it yourself or figure it out. like their whole mantra and their whole, you know, ethos and DNA is like stemmed around their servicing dealers. And then on top of that, like their quality is like, you know, top, top notch. And so they don't trend, they don't skimp on quality and that's kind of what they're known for. And that's, that's why they're one of the leading brands out there, if not the leading brand in outdoor power equipment. So yeah, I think that's kind of comes out in the factory side of things, you know, when we're um, talking about the payoff in the factory, some of the facts that make it in and how we even put some of those things in there and wove, you know, we're, we're able to weave in some of those facts. It all comes back to what the payoff is. And the payoff part of that is, is attached to the brand and what their DNA is. You know, the payoff is a servicing dealer being able to service a product and then get it back out there in the hands of the people that are using it. And it's working better than what it was before. And that's the reason why it lasts. That's why the reason why you'll see chainsaws in the 80s still out there being used is because you have a solid servicing dealer and so that's a payoff a homeowner they're able to get there and you know play with their kids and grill out because they're able to kind of have a product that works and it doesn't break down on them so all of those things are kind of payoffs leading back to the main story and everybody's storylines coming together it was tricky kind of putting all of those storylines together and making sure they all made sense and not well, yeah and you're bopping back and forth and weaving yeah. them and you know having to keep track of like all right where is this person mm -hmm. at in their journey and so forth and yeah i think even as it comes to the edit you know as a four minute video that we just watched it doesn't feel like it at least to me right um and uh you know i i think a large part of that is in the pacing of the edit keeping things interesting we don't we're not hanging on a scene for too long and I think that's even like, you know, like a pro tip 
you can make something like elevate production value on something even in the edit yeah. even if the production value is not there by you know the longer you're hanging on a shot where mm -hmm. there's not production value mm -hmm. is the longer that that shot cheapens mm -hmm. you well, know it's, it's similar to like you know <laughs> the, the your most expensive shots or your wide shots sure it's like similar so it's like all right well then just shoot everything tighter yeah and it's going to feel more high class don't shoot as wide yeah. because the wider you are the bigger the light you have to have the more yeah. set design you have to have the more actors you have to have fill the space to make it feel so just shoot it tighter it's kind of similar with like editing like make it shorter make it quicker don't hang on stuff and it'll make it feel like it's moving better has more energy and it feels more high class yeah yeah but so talk to me about like uh, on the editing side of stuff uh, and like your inspiration on it because this is definitely like i would say that this is like kind of our, our style of cutting. yeah yeah this is definitely my style of cutting and uh you know it's it it comes from uh you know at least where i like really like picked up on it is like aronoff aronofsky's style of directing and cutting is you know like it's called like a hip-hop you know sequence or hip-hop montage mm -hmm. um and it's just really really fast cuts put together that sort of feel like you know almost like you know like you're something's flashing before your eyes mm -hmm. but like you're intaking a lot of information in that and it you know it, it's just in my opinion like a unique way to stitch together story to stitch together time um it keeps things moving fast it keeps things interesting you know so it's not like we're just approaching like all right you know in which we have to do like when we're doing more like traditional just product videos and stuff like all right they're pulling out the trimmer mm -hmm. they're setting it down mm -hmm. they're doing a clean sweep or they're taking out the chainsaw they're setting it down it's also because we know sweep. we're gonna have text on screen and needs to be on yeah there's a purpose long, for that yeah, there's, there's a purpose yeah. for that mm -hmm. um but when it comes to this stuff uh you know it, my style is certainly like i, I want to like leave the viewer feeling like oh i was just on a ride and i kind of like kind of missed what was happening but mm -hmm. it just felt like really cool you mm -hmm. saw you know crankshafts happening and flames yeah. pop up and then you know the, the camera you know wipes into the mm -hmm. next shot and you know well, we, always, we always say like, like we always say with with an entire video project and this kind of goes back to what you're saying with even down to each shot but we always say like we want to leave people wanting more versus like okay i intaked all of that like you, you want people to want more not out of the, you know not just out of the entire video like we want the video to end and people to be like oh i want more of that yeah but each shot is kind of like you got just enough to want to see even more of that shot that's exactly right. where we want to leave kind of our viewers i think yeah, and I think on this one, you can definitely see to your point, um, you know, that, that we were shooting a lot tighter, you know, to, to hide stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, yeah, like cutting in that way is a lot more forgiving on the stuff that you don't have working for you on mm -hmm. set, I would yeah. say. Um, you know, so if you're cutting slower and, you know, it, that's sort of where your creative is going, just know mm -hmm. that like, okay, like my set better be on point. My mm -hmm. shots better be like on point. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm really painting a frame here. Yeah. Um, and I would say that's the difference is you can be a lot more forgiving on the frames that you're painting if it's just you're stringing together this sequence and this feeling and this emotion that you're creating mm -hmm. and this like journey that you're sort of riding on versus like now we're hanging here and again you can see the shots that we do hang on that are intentional are establishing shots of you know sunrise out on the farm open you know mm -hmm. guy walking out it's like that works mm -hmm. you know 
ending shot, you know, him by himself solo with the barn in the background, stoking the fire. That works. Mm -hmm. That looks great. It looks, you know, pretty. Yeah. Cutting Um, fast the whole way through doesn't work. No. It's got to have pace. It has to kind of build. And and you'll see like in different parts of that, like I think you purposely cut it to where it's like, all right, let's let this portion of it breathe. You know, a slow motion shot of the product, right? Like let that breathe for a second. Now let's get back into the quick cutting and kind of get through to the next spot that we want to like bring some attention to and pace it. So it's like almost like a mountaintop valley, mountaintop valley, mountaintop valley, valley to end it and land the plane. Yeah, is, is kind of I, I think the style with that. But let's talk about like color for a minute. You know, like I think when we shot this this project, like certainly me and you were were not the best of of shooters in terms of like uh color temp and yeah you know, i mean we're, we're dealing with a factory number one sure and mm-hmm. um you know yeah like even how to get the most out of the sensor and exposing mm-hmm. things right yeah. across the board and mm-hmm. you know keeping the look the yep. same throughout yeah we were so we actually sent this out for for color we did and this it, is somebody that we were familiar with from being in the nonprofit world who you know was a was a part of another nonprofit in, in a roundabout way and so that's it was out in Australia yeah. you know, of all places. And so, yeah. you know, talk to me about that quick workflow process. We don't go crazy deep in it, but like kind of what that workflow kind of looked like. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't anything, um, you know, unlike what we would do today, but, uh, you know, I, I don't want to get in the technical sure. workflow side of it, but I, I would just say the biggest thing is like, the color elevated it a lot and sure. mattered. And we learned a lot from that. And, you know, he was able to create a look of uniformity across the board that mm-hmm. didn't exist prior to us sending yeah. out. And while we were, you know, in the process of like, you know, trying our best to get it to look the way that we wanted. Um, and again, color is still something that, you know, on any project of this size, we're sending out, sure. you know, uh, uh, you know, to this day. And so um, I would just say the biggest thing was, you know, learning on like the time zone side of things, mm-hmm. like you're working with someone in Australia. So it's kind of like almost like, you know, sending something via carrier pigeon, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. all right, you know, this, this thing that I'm sending out, I know I'm not going to receive back for another, you know, 72 plus hours. Right. Um, from, from that standpoint. And then I would say just learning, you know, this one definitely taught me like, you know, something, you know, called picture lock where Mm -hmm. it's like, we don't color something until we have picture lock from client. Um, and so you, you kind of get it most of the way there. Um, what's that, what that means? Picture lock is like nothing with the visuals are, is going to change. The VO can change. The audio bed can change, but like we are locked on what the picture is. You yeah. Know? And so that's 100% approved. Yeah. So working for the colorist, we were able to share sort of, you know, like uh, some inspiration that we had. He was able to sort of, you know, uh, work with our footage to to get it to be and, that sort of. And our budget. Yeah. And our budget. Um uh, to get it to be at the grade that we wanted at the exposure that we wanted mm-hmm. to feel a little bit darker, you know, to have a little bit of that grain in it. Um, and yeah, again, it can sort of paved the way, you know, for, you know, our aesthetic, mm-hmm. I feel like, and what, what we like and what we lo- lean towards, you know, I feel like we're always, you know, make it darker, make it darker, yeah, make yeah. it darker. Um, so, and this honestly didn't still doesn't even feel like yeah. I'm on some of the shots. I'm like, make it darker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think that on on the color side of things, but then I also think, you know, probably even more importantly is the sound design and the the custom music. Yeah. We worked with an artist here 
um, a contact that we had who's like, he did us a complete solid on this one. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, worked with our budget, worked with our, you know, the, the usage rights that, that mm -hmm. we needed to, to get cleared and all of that. And, um, you know, he has worked with amazing brands, mm -hmm. and, you know, so him, him to be able to, to do this, um, for us and work with us and, put in his own sweat equity yeah. on getting things right the um, Hummel. for us. The yeah. Hummel. Dave Hummel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hats off. Hats off to him. Hit up Dave Hummel. If you guys need good sound design and yeah. uh, music, I think this was like a, yeah, we, we sent our inspiration of like, Hey, this is the music yeah. that we kind of yeah. want to like closely, closely imitate. And I think he brought like actual band, like live, yeah. live musicians in. And so this was like a full on, like this wasn't like a computer generated, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And what was cool on the back and forth was like the, the, you know, uh, how precise I was able to be like, mm -hmm. Hey, I wanted to build here and I want it to, yeah. you know, do this. And I want these instruments to drop out mm -hmm. and something that you can't get, you know, necessarily even just with stems, mm -hmm. you know, that, like you can't change, you know, you, you end up having to Frankenstein stuff a mm -hmm. bit on you know if you're using a music library yeah. um so yeah that was great and i feel like yeah it gives it its own unique feeling like mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like oh this is clearly from a can yeah, yeah. you know uh, music and then with, with sound effects or sound design yeah. we, we're always we never want that stuff to like be like on the nose or like yeah very in your face when you hear a sound effect of a door closing or people walking so we, we're always like hey keep it let's keep it pretty minimal and i think dave nailed it on this as well and so yeah, hats off. But in there, and you know the the tried and true saying of like you know half a video is audio is is very true. You know yeah. you have you have cheap feeling audio, like the whole project feels cheap. And so yeah, yeah, and um, we have we have other awesome vendors too that we use mm -hmm. for um, you know sound design as well and color. Like and and mm -hmm. I think that's important. We'll probably talk about it next episode. Yeah. But just having like a lot of different because some people work great for one project, yeah, yeah. and then others work great for another project. Mm -hmm. Um, and so having you know, the, the right people to be able to collaborate with. And sometimes people are like, Hey, we're too busy to take this on right now, or mm -hmm. we can't do this. So you need to have, you know, mm -hmm. you, not put all your eggs in, in one basket, mm -hmm. um, you know, from, from that standpoint. But, um, yeah. And I think too, just, you know, with the story, you know, we sort of had our true North. Um, like I think I wrote most of the copy and then uh their uh director of marketing you know uh who's also great as well and has you know a, a real keen understanding on Steele's voice mm -hmm. i feel like sort of you know tweaked a couple things mm -hmm. to to what it is now today mm -hmm. um but yeah i think we sort of had you know our game plan had our shot list had everything that we knew we were going after and chasing but i think it is important still to and we still you know, do this today is like chase, uh, a DP told me, you know, once, um, you know, this was at this point, almost a, wise a decade, a wise man once said is always, always chase the sun, mm -hmm. you know? And, and what he meant by that was like the, you, you are working with the biggest, you know, source mm -hmm. out here. Okay. That source you're not changing. So that's going to dictate what your shot is if you're just sort of run and gun chasing, you know, different mm -hmm. things. And, you know, uh, I remember showing up to a scout with him and, you know, he found this like really nice shot with the placement of the sun. And it ended up being like this hero shot for this spot. But that always stuck with me uh, as far as like chase the sun, chase mm -hmm. the sun. 
Um, and, uh, again, I think metaphorically, like, you know, the sun can be a lot of different mm -hmm. things, you know, chasing different elements, but yeah, I think about the horse, I think about, um, you know, the shots we were able to get with that, you know, incorporating the horse into pulling the log, mm -hmm. you know, for this guy, whereas we were just going to have him, you know, sort of cutting and then carrying and then setting yeah, up and like the less logs. on less on the visual, but like more broad, like not just chase the sun visually but like, that's what i'm saying metaphorically chase what's, like working chase yeah. what's working and so yes. you know another good example of like chasing what was working was like the barn was positioned where at that time of the year at the sunrise the sun was literally at the end of the barn straight down the double doors that opened so as he opened the double doors it was like right yeah. there you know and so um yeah like again we kind of yeah, and our that. schedule like our schedule needs to reflect that it's yeah. not like oh well we're not shooting the barn until this time it's like mm -hmm. nah, we're shooting mm -hmm. things when they're working you know the yeah. best um but yeah uh you know the horses from a content standpoint would be one thing that we mm -hmm. chased and made work um and then uh i think about the mechanic that was there yeah who was just watching he literally came out mm. to like see what was going on at the dealer for mm. our dealer we're, scene. Like, we're gonna use you yeah and we're like dude you look freaking awesome yeah. and he just yeah he did he just and looked then fortunately like the back area looked cool yeah like, it looked gr really, gritty enough but yeah. not too gritty yeah. where like client wouldn't want that to be like uh you know seen it yeah was, like, it, it was like the perfect mix of like yeah it's a, yeah. it's a good workshop. Yeah, you know? so we so we made that work. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we um that we chased in that particular spot that stood out to me. Uh certainly areas like one of the things that I that I think about uh was like the the heat treatment area wasn't supposed to be a part of the mm, the video. Yeah. And we scouted and we saw that big flame pop out yeah. and they're like, Yeah, we don't really need to do anything for heat treat. And I'm like, Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want I want heat treatment, yeah. you know, and uh yeah, it's just just an awesome spot. And I even felt like, you know, heat treat was like, man, we don't get much love back here. We don't <laughs> See, we don't see marketing here too often yeah, yeah. um so so yeah so there was i'm sure there was you know i mean this again was almost seven eight years ago at this point that we did this but uh, i'm sure there's other stories um that we can recall but yeah just chasing you know what's working and not being so married to your idea um not to not to just completely ch you know change directions and mm -hmm. switch gears and say all right cool like this is what we were doing but now we're doing this right um and you know i think i think there there has to be a, a trust with yourself mm -hmm. that you establish there has to be a trust with the client um you know because you you sort of are taking off like you know the the bumpers you know yeah. uh this is not our first project with this client like no. we had plenty of other projects that we had proven ourselves on that we had taken chances on that we had you know gone the extra mile on and so uh yeah this was not our our our, our first uh video or project right. with this client we had plenty of other ones that we had you know uh, done we had proven ourselves we had done things with them and so we kind of built up to this place of of trust with this particular client yeah yeah and so i mean i think i think it highlighted a lot of the things that we were intuitively good at and added a lot of new things to our toolbox and uh, again like you can know everything in the world in your head but you have to continue to push the envelope to be able to add that experience under your belt and live through it and mm -hmm. live through those days on set and be like, okay, I know next time what I'm not going to do, or I know next time that yeah. this really worked, you know, and you got to keep putting yourself out there. And then I think, yeah, just understanding too, especially these are early years flagship, uh, the sweat equity that we put in, um, like we, you know, 
I don't want to say we didn't make a dime. Like I, I don't, I don't know what, what, you know, I, I can't recall at this point, but I just know that anything like we were throwing in, you know, all of our gear and all the stuff that we were getting paid for, we're spending on, you mm-hmm. know, to make this great. Cause we knew we could make it great mm-hmm. and um, that it could really be like a flagship piece and a show piece for us and, and for steel and for our reputation. Mm-hmm. I think it elevated us from like, Oh, those are the video guys to like, whoa, like it was, you know, certainly on like mm-hmm. the executive level, like an out of left field, like, mm-hmm. you know, it ended up being so they have an annual um, like, I don't know if you want to call it a conference or like a meetup or whatever with all the mm-hmm. dealers um, when they played the video there. Um, uh, it got a standing ovation. I think that like tapped into like everyone feeling like, hey, I'm, I'm a proud to be a part of this company, this brand. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what it tapped into. Yeah. Well, that was again, that was just proof of the story. Yeah. Right. Like that was what the story was. So it's like as you're watching it, especially being in, you know, the steel family, whether you're Mm -hmm. a dealer, distributor, employee, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, making the chainsaws, whatever, Mm -hmm. you do feel sort of like this proud like this pride to be a part of this heritage mm-hmm. and like, man, I'm a part of this story yeah. too. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's just a That's, testament. I think at that time it, it was very unique and, you know, very early days and something new for the brand. Obviously it's been redone even as of more of late and stuff like that. And so, yeah. yeah and, and, and we're pretty used to this formula now mm-hmm. at this time when we made this, this formula was still like early stages of brand film, mm-hmm. like just talking about across the board, sure. you know, um, yeah, just that organic feeling. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, but I, I think that you know, uh, it it was worth the risk mm-hmm. for sure, and it paid off for us. And we knew that we mm-hmm. we knew even if they hated it, which they didn't, thankfully, um, that we could always, like you said, revert back to you know what the original scope was, and that it would just be you know more um, like sweat equity on our mm-hmm. end to you know, to, to make it, you know, what it needs to be. So, yeah. um, yeah. Any other thoughts, um, on to obviously, you know, uh, another thing too, I'll add is, um, not only did they love it, but I think we've said it at this point, but then it became, you know, a, uh, you know, national commercial. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so yeah, just again, a testament to if you take risks, you know, this was supposed to be an internal only video. Mm-hmm. We took the risks. We, you know, sort of put our necks out there to some degree, put in the sweat equity, put in the hard work, believed in ourselves, mm-hmm. um, you know, worked with the people to be able to, uh, facilitate it and, uh, brought in the right people to make it happen. People that were hungry to make mm-hmm. it great. And, um, you know, it, the, the feather in our cap was it turned into a national commercial. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think you would have made the spot taking the risks if you hadn't had that pre-existing relationship with the client and with your point person and stuff like that? Like, I don't think that so. played a big part in it. Yeah. I, I think, like I said before, I think the biggest, the biggest thing, um, that, that could be taken for granted or, or overlooked was how crucial our point person was. Like she was a creative in her own right. Like we said before, and that's what gave us the confidence to be able to take a risk is because we had kind of taken smaller risks along the way with with um, uh, calculated creative risks along the way leading up to this, yeah. which gave us like, OK, like if she thinks that yeah. we could go for it, we're going to go for it. Although, yeah. like, we wouldn't take a brand new client with no track record and no trust being built. Just be like, all right, yeah, I know what you want. Yeah. Let's make something completely different. 
there would have been too many blockades there for us to be able to do so yeah. you know yeah she was definitely our cheerleader and you know definitely saw like you know like uh you always say like you can't be a hero in your hometown but saw like these guys are more than just you know guys with a camera yeah, yeah. um and so yeah I, I i don't think that i do think that there are some things that we calculate now as a company where we're like okay like are we going to take a risk but we also calculate like you know the risk is they may never use us again right. if this is our first experience or whatever or we can totally nail it and knock it out of the park mm -hmm. um so it was it was a risk but not one that was we couldn't recover from right. um and there's yeah. a lot that could have gone wrong for sure you yeah know, think about like we we learned our lesson on uh driving uh around truck and trailer had a little bit of a close call there which you know was 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 yeah. funny after the fact but yeah. um you know yeah or not not being you know like I, I think of like you know commercials that we're on now where we have like a, a true you know locations person who knows what they're doing and mm. comes you know with their you know 50 pieces of you know cardboard to mm. like lay throughout the house and has everything like set up properly the and corners of the walls yes. and all kinds um, of stuff you know I, I think about that you know that we were you know in a listing that your dad had mm -hmm. you know with 15 20 people mm -hmm. and we're not paying attention to location we're paying mm -hmm. attention to the video yeah. and you know I mean, we were being careful to some yeah. extent but you know we had tennis but i'm balls saying on like everything. we got lucky yeah you know that something sure. didn't happen mm -hmm. you know but again i mean that's that's still a testament to our, like the the crew was fantastic you know like yeah. it wasn't just like genie came in and just started putting up stands everywhere they had tennis balls and fernies to kind of protect different things yeah. here and there but it's certainly we didn't have a locations person like you know it should be done you know yeah. so yeah so um but yeah yeah so any final takeaways this is still one of your favorite projects isn't it me and you always fight about like uh you know when we're sending examples like this mm -hmm. and i'm always like yeah feels feels a little dated I'd, I'd like to change a lot of things like i said mm -hmm. it's it's it feels a bit like a macaroni project to me at times even though i know it's great <laughs> yeah but uh maybe that's just the self-consciousness in me of knowing what we could mm -hmm. make it if we had a shot yeah if we had a shot again yeah, yeah. one more shot at the time I, I think i think it's kind of like writing your your first essay yeah right you're like dude that was like a really good essay i'm still really proud of it. the bones are still there yeah some misspellings in there yeah i think i could have formed that sentence a little bit better but yeah it's it still feels like that was my first like actual like essay yeah. or chapter yeah. of a novel or yeah. a mini novel yeah and we've had the opportunity to do other uh similar ish stuff not at the mm. scale that we did mm -hmm. but similar ish stuff with steel in mm -hmm. particular and then other brands too yeah um but yeah well cool well yeah thanks for listening um if you are on our youtube channel please subscribe um we have a new episode every other wednesday if you're listening to this check out our YouTube channel and subscribe as well, or uh, just keep tuning in to the audio podcast. Um, and yeah, we're looking forward to having more content beyond this. Um, if there's something that you'd like to hear from us, feel free to leave a comment and we will catch you next time.